0: I want us just to float tonight. Are you guys with me? Go with me to, go with me to, um, let's go to uh, Ezekiel chapter number, or let's go to, yeah, let's go to Ezekiel chapter number, before we go there, let's go to Isaiah 14, I think it is 12. Let's go to verse 11. Let me just see what's verse 11. Let's read from the major for me to, as I, go to verse 9. Let's read from verse 9. So let me, let me, let me get into something and I'm just going to get into a thought and uh, <laughs> then we're going to get into uh, um, how Satan really entered the garden, how he enters the lives of believers. And um, you know, let me just say something. Never lose your hunger for God. I can hear when people lose their hunger for God, and I don't have a voice left. Every time I come here, this sound doesn't, you know, it makes me lose my voice. So I need, I haven't received any feedback of speakers. been asking for weeks now. Okay, so... um, Because I'm not getting any feedback. If I'd lose my voice, then I can't talk, then I can't preach. So... Um, so I'm going to try to get into it, but it feels like when I lose my voice that I have to strain and push, and, uh, and I, I really don't like that. Um, so um, say with me hunger. I can hear when people lose their hunger for God, or I can hear when they don't have a river that flows out of them because religion has settled into them. Religion settles in, and it makes a person... It makes a person stubborn. It makes them unable to flow with God. It makes them unable to detect the currents of the Spirit. It makes them unable to detect the winds of where the Spirit is blowing, where the Spirit is breathing. And religion does it because religion is simply, let's do what we did yesterday. And I said it in Kruger's Dorp. I said the band become religious. And then not just that the band is evil, but... You know, if there is not a change of mind, then we get into a thing where we just do what we always used to do. And what happens is it creates and it causes the people not to encounter God because now it's religious. And the people think two songs and uh, then announcements or offering or whatever and then another two songs and we're going to get into the Word or it's two songs and then we're singing in tongues and then it's going back to the song is religion even though you think it's flowing and charismatic, even in your flow, you have made it religious. Are you guys with me? So, so I can feel when a church um, priorities has changed or shifted and there's no river to flow. Now, I, know, I don't know what Pastor Morton preached last. I mean, I know he preached on the river. I'm not going to preach on that. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know how he preached it. Um, but uh, 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 when the river is preached, the river must flow. The river must flow out of the belly of someone or meaning out of the belly of the people and there must be rivers of living water. You think with your mind which resists the river and you believe in your hearts but you flow with your belly. Are you with me? You think with your mind. You believe in your heart, but you flow with your spirits, which is your belly. Now we are not an AFM church or a of Word church. So I don't want people to respond in that manner. I want us And if you feel about how do I rebuke? Well, you can leave. I can rebuke if the church is my children. If I feel that people's hearts have become dull, you know, they're just standing in worship just like that. So either the band is not doing it, even if the band is not doing it, why are people just standing like that and they're just going through the motions? Because you are religious. Listen to me. You have gone out of touch with a vine. You have lost intimacy. You cannot connect because it's religion. Pride settles in. Pride. When pride comes in, and I shared it this morning, familiarity is very dangerous. Familiarity breeds contempt, familiarity removes every trace of the presence familiarity stops God from any way of working. Meaning that if we want Him to be poured out in the conference or to be moving in a conference that is coming up, there must be a hunger from the people. Are you guys with me? Whenever I feel that my hunger is is not moving the way that it should I do my best to separate myself or fast or pray until I can get to the face of God. The thing is that uh, 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 people get familiar because they have seen things done over and over. So they want all the time something new and that pushes preachers to either burn out or it pushes them to fake miracles. And yes, 90% of them fake miracles around the country. They pull people out of wheelchairs, faking it. They make people walk where they cannot walk. And they're faking it. Not saying everyone, but most, because they feel pressurized now to do a miracle. Because the people continually want to see something new or want to see something fresh. There's a difference between new and freshness. And I taught on this. Fresh can be something old, but it is fresh with oil. But for the oil to be activated, there must be honor and not familiarity. There must be an awe and not familiarity. How does the presence come in? The Bible says that fear came upon them all in the New Testament. Great fear came upon them. And then it says great grace, Began to move about them. Are you guys with me? Great grace began to move. But what was there? There was a fear of God. There was an awe that came in. And the problem is that people, and it's not about whether I see miracles or not. No, no, no. It is about how do I see Jesus that is in me? How do I perceive him with my eyes? Am I at a place where I stay hungry and I keep myself hungry? or I keep the fire burning in the tabernacle. He said, Adam, I'm putting you in the garden to tend and keep the garden, to guard it, but to keep it, meaning you have to keep it fresh. I'm putting a priest in a temple to keep the fire burning, to keep the flame burning 24 hours a day. That was the job of the priest, to do the functions in the temple and to keep the utensils going in the temple. Are you guys with me? So when you don't do that because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and you don't keep the fire burning, the devil intrudes with certain things. He comes into the thought and the mind realm. And the moment he touches the thought and the mind realm, unbelief enters a person. When unbelief enters a person, fear and doubt comes in and legalism comes in. Because now they want to please God or they think they're good by a certain way, but fear and doubt comes in. Listen to me. Demons come to people because of fear, doubt, and legalism. Are you guys with me? fear, doubt, and legalism. So when I don't keep the temple, you see, Centurion has grown uh, uh, very familiar. If we get to Kruger's Dorp, it's not familiar. We get to Centurion, as familiar. And something has changed regarding the sound um, in the atmosphere because people have become familiar. So familiarity gives a smell that is not good. The lady with the issue of blood was in a crowd of how many people? And she pressed through the crowd to touch the hem of his garment and she received the healing. Yet every single other person touched him, but the touch was different. It had no smell of honor, it had no smell of awe. It had a smell of familiarity. Familiarity will remove you so quickly from Christianity when you lose the fear of God, when you lose the respect, the awe of God. Before you know it, sin takes over like this. Before you know it, unbelief enters the hearts, And God cannot move on your behalf anymore because whatever it does, you're blinded, to, it's able, unable to see it. All you see is, all you go through is the motions. Are you guys with me? Nowhere in the Bible does it say that we have been called to work, we have been created to worship God. Nowhere. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that Adam has been created to worship Him. It's a nice saying and maybe it preached, okay, but nowhere does it say that we have been created to worship God. Nowhere. Some might get offended by me saying it, but go read the Bible. We have been created to occupy and take territory. That is why Jesus came to remind us, occupy till I return. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go and take the gospel out there. When we think we are created to worship it makes you lazy. Because it's, intra- it's inward focus. It's not outward focus. So guess what? As long as I worship God in my room, everything is good. No, no, no. The fire is dead. Because the oil can only flow the more empty vessels there are. And the prophet said to the widow, as long as you get empty vessels and empty jars, the oil will keep flowing. Meaning the anointing leaves a church when they no longer have the lost in a church, the anointing leaves your life, then no longer when you no longer reach the lost or have empty vessels to put it into. How do you do you want gifts of healings on you all the time in a Sunday and we have a holy huddle? It's religion. Are you guys with me? It's religion. And he said, the oil will not run out as long as you go and borrow empty vessels. The anointing is not for you and I. It is for those that come in with a need. It is for those who are in need of Him. I'm not speaking of religion or there's a lot of churches when they plant their churches, they go and they take people from other churches. And uh, I know them, they do it all over. The anointing comes to those who come as an empty vessel into the service. But how many empty vessels have you reached? How many empty vessels are you reaching? Because people are crying, I don't have my breakthrough. You will not cry about your breakthrough when you do your purpose. Because you'll be too busy with your purpose than to cry about just thinking about you. You know how Christians are? Oh, my breakthrough, my financial struggle. My hundredfold reaping, this, that. And everything is me, myself, and I. I, I, I. Everything is me, myself, and I. Go Isaiah, where we were, Isaiah 14 verse 9. Hell from beneath is excited about you. Are you guys with it? No, I know you're not going to hell, we hope, if you're truly saved. If you are not truly saved, uh, you will go to hell. If you are truly saved, you—if you are truly saved, you will not go to hell. So, hell from beneath is excited about you. Meaning, hell is hungry for people, yet people have lost their excitement and hunger about God. To meet you at your coming, it stirs up the dead for you. Now he's speaking and it's going to go into Lucifer, so don't worry. All the chief ones of the earth, it is raised up from their thrones. All the kings of the nations, they all shall speak and say to you, Have you also become as weak as we? Have you become like us? So these are the nations that Lucifer led, that he ruled over. These were the nations that he ruled over. And when he's going to be brought down, the Bible says they will look at him. The nations will look at him and say, Are you the one? Have you also become as weak as we? Have you become like us? Are you the one? Your pomp is brought down to Sheol. Your pride, your pride, is brought down to Sheol. And the sound of your stringed instruments, the maggot is spread under you. Speaking of Lucifer here. And worms cover you. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground. Hold on. What do you cut down? Okay. So, how you are cut down to the ground. You were weakened, you who weakened the nations. You who weaken the nations, for you have said in your hearts, I will ascend, say with me, I I will ascend into the heavens, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also say with the I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest side of the north. North is a sign of pride. East is, a sign, is, is pointing towards the glory always. So that is why the sun comes up in the east. So east points towards the sun, which is the glory of God. North speaks of Pride. Because it is the location of God. It is the high and lofty one. So what did Lucifer do? He was facing north, not facing east. What did Daniel do when he prayed? He faced east. Are you guys with me? What did Lucifer do? He was putting himself in the north, on the furthest side of the north. Next verse. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I, I, I. I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pits. They that see you, those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble? Who shook kingdoms? Who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities? Who did not open the house of his prisoners? All the kings of the nations, all of them sleep in glory. Everyone in his own house. Listen. So with me, I. So what are Christians concerned about. The only thing they are concerned about is me, myself, and I. It's my breakthrough. If I pray right now, everybody that wants breakthrough for finances, everybody comes to the front. And all they see is their problems, because they cannot see anyone else's problems. So we have become a Christianity or a, a people that are inwardly focused and not outwardly focused. The moment you become inwardly focused, you die spiritually. Because why must the anointing be given to you? For goosebumps to feel good or to reach someone? The oil and the anointing is given to you to reach someone. Uh, Are you guys with me? So a lot of times the church can become inward focused and it's about the presence, it's about the anointing which we all focus on that must be there but we lose the purpose of the presence or the purpose of the anointing. Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel, to open up the eyes of the blind, to set at liberty those who are bound, to set free the captives, and to preach the gospel to the poor. But he says, for this purpose, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me. So the Spirit of the Lord will only anoint you for a purpose. That purpose is not business. Are you guys with me? Business is for yourself. There's a, the, so there's three functions. There's the king, the priest, and the prophet. The king is to take dominion. The priest is to take care of your family and those whom God has put in your covering, in your influence. The prophet is the one that has the ability to speak out. So, your purpose is to make disciples of all nations. Are you guys with me? And Jesus left us by saying this commandment Yes, everybody's is like, love the Lord your God, and that's the That's nothing new. That's just the 10 commandments summed up in the greatest commandment. But then He left us with a great permission with the last commandment. And He said, Go and make disciples of all nations. Meaning from the day that you got saved up until now, how many people have you gotten saved? How many have you discipled? That will determine the anointing level upon your life. Everybody wants the anointing, yet God is saying, I'm not seeing empty jars. All of us want to be filled with the anointing, but yet it's going nowhere. Are you guys with me? So He fills you with the anointing and the Spirit of the Lord anoints you when you know how to give it out to somebody and to go to those who need it, those who are blind, those who are poor, those who are bound, those who are taken captive. And you pray or minister to them and then the anointing is given to you. But people want the anointing first and then to go do it. No, no, no. He says, go out and do it. I commanded you to lay hands on the sick. Cast out devils, heal the sick. Are you guys with me? And if you shall lay your hands on the sick, they will be healed. Or lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. He didn't say wait for the anointing, then lay your hands and then you recover them. No, no, no. Lay your hands and they shall recover. Either the gospel is true or not. The problem is we try to lay hands on Christians all the time. Why don't you see healing? Because you're laying your hands on an unbelieving believer. Are you guys with me? Why do you think we don't move in the gifts? as much as we should, because you've received, you've seen how many gifts, what do you want to see more, it is time to take it out, otherwise you're going to lose it, the Bible says if you don't use it, you lose it, don't come the, it's without repentance, no, no, that's the callings, the anointing is not without repentance, the anointing is with repentance, not without repentance, Callings are without repentance. The Bible says gifts and callings. But the anointing, if you don't use it, you lose it. Are you guys with me? So when I become inward focused, it is selfish. It is me, myself, I. And it is what we call the antichrist spirit. Everybody is waiting for the antichrist as a person. Yeah, John is saying... We'll open up revelation much more deeper, maybe in two years, three years' time, uh, maybe in two years or three years' time. But John is saying the antichrist, speaking about the antichrist, but not once referencing it to a man, but referencing it to people in the church. The book of John. Are you guys with me? Go read it in the book of John, and he says the antichrist spirit is already here; it's in the church which meaning there are some that is anti-Christ and about themselves. So there were Gnosticism that entered the church where John was, where John, John pastored, and it entered the church. And as Gnosticism entered, it was about themselves and not about others. But because they were Gnostics, they were not saved. That is why John says, if we confess our trespasses one to another, we shall be, uh, he shall forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He wasn't speaking to believers there. He was speaking to the Gnostics, unbelievers in the church who listened to another gospel, was teaching false teachings. And because they listened to another gospel, they were never really genuinely saved. So it was apostasy that took place. So he says, listen here, and he was speaking as a whole group. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But that cannot count to us as Christians because our sins are already forgiven. We are already made righteous. So how can we be cleansed from all unrighteousness? Are you guys with me? So he was speaking to a group in the church that was about me, myself, and I. So the question is this, how many, since the day of my salvation, how many people have I gotten saved? How many people have I discipled? And have I put my image into them? Which is the image of Christ. Are you guys with me? So the church doesn't grow or become stale because there's only 20% in the church that is doing the work. Yet there should be 80% that is doing the work. So we have either preached a gospel wrong or we have made it look impossible or we are preaching to a people that will never be able to do anything. Either one of those three things. And we hope and trust is not the third one. I was speaking this morning and I said, you know, white people has this familiar thing upon them where they are unable to detect or sense the presence of God. They are unable to receive the supernatural. Here they can because we take them through the DNA, but do you know how many things we have to take them through? When all of you come in, you just, in the beginning, you just come and you just stand, you receive nothing. Then we have to teach you, this is how you receive when you lay hands. This is the, that's how religion has messed you up. Religion has killed a lot of people. Are you guys with me? Don't fall back and don't go back into religion. For Galatians, Paul said to the Galatian church, he says, Who has bewitched you that you have started off in the Spirit, but you have gone back to the law. You have gone back into a place where it is almost like you were not saved. Who has bewitched you? Who have preached a different gospel to you? And he says, if anyone preaches a different gospel to you, let him be accursed. So the devil comes into the hearts of Christians. Or let me say it like this. The devil comes into the lives of Christians because their hedge has a gap in it. And the hedge gets a gap in it because they allowed their thoughts and their hearts to go off. So, how did Satan enter the garden? The hedge was broken. I'm gonna show it to you now the scripture. Are you guys with me? The hedge was broken. So, what is happening? How does Satan come into people's lives? Because we, many times, you know, when I preach, I look at people's faces. Do you know how many times I see condemnation on your faces? And then I'm thinking. Who is, where are you listening to the law? Are you listening to some preacher there on YouTube? Uh, I don't know who, but are you listening to somebody there on YouTube? Who is preaching? Who has put condemnation over you? Or why are you listening to the lies of the devil about you? The only way the enemy can enter into your life is by thought. The only way we break the protection of God upon our lives is by our thoughts. We'll get into the verses now. But I want to address this thing. Where are, where? You know, we, we faced a lot of opposition. And we had people sending people inbox messages and writing articles about us. Uh, there was one person, I think, how many articles did they write? 90, 90. 90 articles about us. So we sent him a lawyer's letter after seven years of 90 articles, thinking that, uh, you know, but it was character assassination. And what they would do, they would destroy the church. And since the man received the letter, there was not one post ever from there. Now they claim, or I just heard a to Vapor, oh, the person is now so sick. Whatever. You are an enemy of the cross. So we had to take somebody out in Kruger's door because they try to film and then try to film us in the service this morning. So we asked them, please stop filming and then they manifest and they were sent by these people. The problem is these people send messages or people even in our church listen to the, why do you think, and please, they want to do all these sh- stupid shows on us. God bless them. You're going to see it come out. It's nothing new. It's already happened and they're doing it to the true churches in 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 in, in the nation. Well, it's some true, some are genuine cults, but uh, um, uh, and uh It's always white Afrikaans people. From the news to shows to everywhere. What is it? White Afrikaans people. And it is white people that have resisted God in this nation. And we are so quick and easy to say, oh, you know, traditionalism and traditionalism is in the government. and in the, God doesn't care to sense what's happening there. He's caring what the church is getting up to. For God, the government is not in control. The church is his ecclesia, which is a political name, which means in the spiritual realm, it is not the president or the government that rules. It is the church that is supposed to be ruling. And why do I use white? I can say white because I'm white. So it's, you know, but it's a thing that if you really look at your heart, it is there. I'm not saying everyone. I'm, I'm saying, why are we getting attacked? Always being, it's always, you'll never see a black person calling something a cult. But you'll see a white person calling something a cult. So now we see the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. So no wonder God cannot move in certain things. Are you guys with me? And it is time that that thing has to be broken. That we can have a multi-generational or a multi-national type, multi-different uh, 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 racial type church. Meaning that it is, we are not a white church. We are not a black church. We are not an Indian church or a colored church that it is mixed and we regard no one after the flesh but after the spirit because this thing grieves the Holy Spirit where I see with our fellow white people how they are just it's like it's like there's no hunger in them, it's religion. You need to repent of your religion and your pride. I don't know how many are watching, but they need to repent of their religion and their pride. Because Lucifer said, I will, I will, I will, I will. I'm going to speak to my pastors tonight about things what they do where they grieve the Holy Spirit. And if I don't address these things, then no one will address it. And the church will move into a place of stagnancy. Uh, um, uh, 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 uh. Words were just going through the motions and they're going to create a dead stream. You see, Go to Revelation 22 verse 1. Revelation 22 verse 1. It says, And he showed me a pure, say with me, a pure, a pure river of water of life, not water of death, not an impure river. Meaning that when there is, Jesus is saying, when you taste of this gift in me. If you drink of this water in me, a fountain will spring forth in you. And there will be rivers of living water that will flow out of your heart, out of your belly. Meaning that when you speak, there will be a life that will come forth. There will be rivers of living water that will flow. And if there's not rivers of living water, have you tasted the gifts Because if there's no rivers, you haven't tasted the gift. Are you guys with me? So when I taste and drink of the waters that He has, and when I eat of the gift of eternal life, the fruit of the tree of life, what is the fruit of the tree of life? It is eternal life. God said, let's stop Adam and Eve from getting to the tree of life. Lest they eat it and become like one of us and never die. So now Jesus comes as the tree of life. What Adam and them couldn't touch which was eternal life. He comes now and He brings salvation and He gives eternal life. But He says if you eat of that fruit of the tree of life you will have a pure river flowing out of you and if there's no river coming out of you you might not have eaten of the fruits of the tree of life so how do we detect how do we inspect the Bible says I want you to test whether you are in the faith or not what does it say test is a test does it say test test and see whether you are in the faith or not. Not saying, examine yourself, he says. Whether you are in the faith or not, examine yourself. To see, was my salvation mental? Or was it believing with my heart fully? And does that result in rivers of living water that is flowing out of me? Now there can be things that can block the river from flowing. You see, you have ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, and fully immersed. Are you guys with me? What is it? Ezekiel 48, 47. You are fully immersed. The problem is this, that when the river came out of the temple it was ankle deep. And the further it went away from the temple, it became deeper and deeper. So by the temple, it was ankle deep. Further away, it went knee deep. Further away, it went waist deep. Further away, it is fully immersed. The river in your life can only increase when you reach people out of the temple. Because the rivers are flowing out of the temple. And the deeper you want to go, the further you have to go. So people that are staying in the temple, listen, it's old covenant. The church is there to be equipped on a Sunday. But then it is for you to take the river out during the week. And take what you have received here. But you cannot receive if you have not been faithful out there. Because if you don't use it, you lose it. Are you guys with me? And a lot of people are waiting to mature before they can minister. While the Bible says, I want you to minister before you mature. We have raised, people have, uh, you know, you got this soy boy uh, generation. Or What do they call them? Like a, I don't know, a weak generation. Snowflake. I see this, ma- they're making this movie in America called American, was it American Gospel or something like that? Is it American Gospel? And uh, they're speaking about cessationism and they're speaking how the charismatic church has off and there's no more gifts and they do this whole thing and they're spreading these things in America. And there was this 40-year-old man, uh, some liberal type thing, thing that shouldn't be a pastor. I'm not exactly sure what was going on there. And he was sitting there with his hair come over and dresses in his liberal way and he's now a pastor that gave up or something and he starts crying and he's like you know the church hurt me so much. I'm thinking grow up. What a coward you are. Sitting there crying you should be a man that is 40 years old. And take over, uh, not crying whether a pastor hurt you now that moved in the gifts. Shut up. It's an embarrassment already just, I mean, if I have to see myself like that, I would want to give encounter away. So, People have lost the river in them because they are not reaching the lost. They are not getting the new into the church. And then what happens is the anointing, it cannot be a holy huddle if there's no growth. Even in your cell groups, you will see what is happening in your cell groups. The moment there's new people, you'll feel an anointing in the presence. I promise you. So I think the church is sitting, I think we're sitting on 120 E-groups right now. I think so. We started off the beginning of this year that I was told. We were started off in 70 E-groups. I was told. Huh? Grown 39 E-groups this year. Why are your people not coming to church? It's okay if they're out there. It's okay. People complain about petrol. People complain about these things, yet they go other way, other places. Um, it's okay. So it's okay to be out there. But unless, so the church is going to die out that are inward focused. I've seen it. I've seen people with great gifts They plant churches and so on. And it stays 50 people or 100 people. It stays that amount of people for how many years? Because it's all about the inward focus, not the outward focus. Are you guys with me? Jesus said, occupy till I come. But what happens is that Satan enters our garden, our lives, through our thoughts. So I can look in somebody's eyes and see what thoughts they have. If it's thoughts of condemnation or if it's thoughts of, what do they think about themselves? The question is, what do I think about themselves? Because the way I see myself is the way the enemy sees me. The way I carry myself is the way the enemy sees me. Joseph carried himself like the master of dreams when he walked and he walked as if he was in his future already he carried and walked as if his brothers and everybody was bowing in front of him already are you guys with me? and because he walked that way guess what they saw him that way you will only be received by the way that you see yourself are you guys with me? So there must be a river that is stirred up. So when I was preaching Christophe, I think last week, Sunday or so, we said that don't just stand and worship and we just stand. No, no, no. The river, don't think the Holy Ghost is going to come. No. You move and He moves. And then there's a place where you have to completely give over. Do you know as a prophet that I should not or cannot even prophesy accurately unless I'm drunk in the river? So you'll see when we prophesy, especially when we lay hands or so, it's like I'm swinging or you're swinging because you are drunk. And a prophet can only prophesy when they are drunk. When they are fully immersed in the river. They cannot do it at ankle deep. Or knee deep, Because it's the mind is going to be still out of the river and it's still going to be operating. But only once they are fully immersed, same with you, only once you are fully immersed, can the Holy Spirit fully use you to the capacity where the gifts can come out of you. And you can lay hands on people and they can get healed. Because in Acts chapter number 2, Peter stood up and he said, These men are not drunk as you suppose but they are filled with the Holy Ghost as it was said and prophesied by the prophet Joel that in the last days I will pour out my spirits and on your sons and your daughters and on all flesh I will pour my spirits and they will prophesy and they'll see visions and they'll see dreams. But what was he saying? He says they look drunk because they are in the river. Are you guys with me? So unless you can tap in with worship into the river, Are you guys with me? Similarly, the river. You cannot flow or move with God outside of being letting the river take you. When you're ankle deep, you're resisting. When you're knee deep, you're resisting. Who is somebody that is ankle deep? You can lay hands on them, you can prophesy, you can do anything, and they're just standing there. They're not even ankle deep. They're not even in the river. And then you'll see there's a moment where you can be so drunk that you don't even have to have lands laid upon you and it feels like a power pushes you. Why? You're out of yourself. Your spirits, you're now the other man. The spiritual man. When the Spirit of the Lord comes and rushes upon you, you will be changed into the other man. You'll be changed into another man. But people have allowed a lot of sins that weighs them down. And they are unable to flow with the Holy Ghost. They are unable to flow with the river or where the Spirit of God is taking them. Please understand, everywhere it speaks of the, of the Holy Ghost, there's a flowing. Those who are born of the Spirit, they are like the wind. You don't know where they're coming from or where they're going. They are off, they are like the wind. There's a breathing, there's a flowing. Rivers will flow out of your belly. The Holy Ghost, you'll be like a river that'll flow. Are you guys with me? You don't know whether you go left or whether you go right, but there's a flowing that takes place. Praise and worship is not praise and worship until you are in that place. Reuben was given birth. By as the tribe of Israel, which is the ability of revelation and sight, then Simeon, is it Simeon? Yeah, then Simeon, which is the ability to hear, then Levi, which is meaning one with God, then Judah, which is to praise and worship. So you cannot even praise or worship God unless you have a revelation, unless you see Him with your spiritual eyes, unless you hear His voice, and unless you are in intimacy, intimate relationship with Him. Are you guys with me? So Enoch walked with God. And as he walked with God, suddenly he was not. For God took him. The word tuk means to be intertwined, intimate, and to become one. In the Hebrew, it means kava, to become one with God. Meaning that you carry the mind of Christ, but you become one with Him. You become one of the wind. You are born of the Spirit. And Enoch had a life, and we'll get into that later in this series. That is a type and a shadow of who we are. That you have the ability to be ascended and taken up. Are you guys with me? God no longer comes down. In the old covenant, the glory came down. In the new covenant, the glory comes out. In the old covenant, the glory came down. In the new covenant, the Bible says, Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. How can something rise upon you? Because it's coming out of you and there's a rising that is taking place. But it tells you, arise and shine. Do you know what happens when I worship God? I don't worship and beg Him, Oh Lord, please come into this place. I shift a dimension. I shift a person in me. Because it is not me begging him to come down. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, arise and shine. Meaning you stand up, you arise. When the angel came to Peter, he struck him by the hip and he says, arise to your feet. Stand up. Meaning there's a rising that must take place in your spirits. It is you that chooses to rise. Are you guys with me? So when I worship Him, I arise in me to worship Him. I don't beg Him. I am the gate. I allow the King of glory to come in. Lift up your heads, O your gates. And open the gates for the King of glory. Make way for the King of glory to come through. Meaning that the King of glory comes through your gates. When you choose to arise and shine. For your light has come. And you make way for the King to come out of you. Not for the King to come down. Change your minds. Are you guys with me? He comes out. Say with me, out. He doesn't come down. Nowhere do we worship. In fact, we want to change the songs. When it says glory come down and all this stuff, this old covenant, the new covenant, the glory comes out. The old covenant, you touch the glory, you died. The new covenant, you touch the glory, you lived, you healed. Are you guys with me? The old covenant, you tithe out of a fearful heart. In the new covenant, you tithe out of a cheerful heart. You see how things have shifted? Are you guys with me? So there is a river that flows out of you and it should come out of the temple. And Jesus says, if you drink of the water that I have for you, what is the water that I have for you? It is eternal life. If you drink of the water that I have for you, there will be rivers of living water coming out of your heart. There will be a fountain springing forth inside of you. Many, many people have that fountain have died up. The fountain is no longer a spring or the river is no longer a spring and a river. It has become a reservoir. Something that just maintains and keeps and dies and rots. No longer a spring that is springing forth. Because there are things that have clogged up their minds, and the devil has entered through thoughts. You are only protected by your thoughts and your heart. There are three things that covers you: a hedge that creates a hedge. And we're gonna look at the life of Adam, we're gonna look at the life of Job. Is it okay if I just talk to you? It's your thoughts. It's your mind, it's your heart, and it's your giving. Job's money was his, Job's richness was his hedge. Then Job's thoughts was his hedge. And Job's heart was his hedge. I'll show it to you out of scripture. Oh, he goes with me. Those were the things, and Satan is unable to break through a hedge. He's not allowed to, he cannot. You can have a rich man and a recession strikes or he loses his business or whatever happens and his money becomes a defense for him. Can carry him for a few years. Then you can have a poor man, both having a great relationship with God. Recession hits or life hits and they they have nothing. Money destroys them. They end up, I mean, the lack of money destroys them. They end up cursing God. We see how the devil has entered into Job because his hedge was broken. Number one, his money was taken away because of his thought life. That has, been, that has been accessed by the enemy. Every thought that comes into your head that says to you, you're going to lose everything is an open door for the enemy or a thought that comes in and says, you're going to lose your job is an open door for the enemy or a thought that comes in that says, you are not good enough It's an open door for the enemy and a hedge is open for Satan to enter into. Are you guys with me? You look and answer me as if you know all this stuff. It is okay. That is what preachers have to go through. So, thoughts are powerful because in the Garden of Eden, they communicate via thoughts. We also see, and I'm not going to get into it tonight, uh, all the animals spoke, not only the serpent, all the animals spoke. And then God shut their mouths. Where is it? Let's get into it. All the animals spoke. That is why some animals still have a voice box left. That is why a parrot can repeat what you are saying. That is why other animals, there are certain animals that can actually speak things. Obviously only what you are saying. Why? Because their soul capacity has been removed or has been shut down. Their consciousness. How do I know it? they had to have a soul because a spirit and a body births and creates a soul. I shared it to you this morning. So God never created the soul of man, and even if it does, but according to Scripture, if we look at text now, the Bible says that God created the spirit of a man, then He created he created the body. He breathed life into the body, which is chai, which is life. He breathed life into the body. But then it says this, and man became a living soul. So the soul was birthed and sparked by the spirit and the flesh and the life that came from God, then a soul was birthed. So a soul was a result of the spirit and the body and the chai, which is the life, which is the energy of God. Are you guys with me? Why do you think in Eastern religions they use, they call energy chi? It's taken from the Hebrew word chai, which means life force. Are you guys with me? That life force came from God, breathed it into man. So there's an energy in you, which is not demonic. It is from God. It is the energy or power of heaven. And it birthed the soul. And we see how even with animals spoke. Because God opened up the mouth of a donkey. And the donkey began to speak about his own problems. Saying to Balaam, how can you hit me? You hurt me when you hit me like this. The donkey wasn't speaking on behalf of God. He was speaking on behalf of himself. Are you guys with me? He was speaking his own mind, his own consciousness. He was speaking his own feelings, his own will, his own emotions. So it tells you that an animal has a soul. It is just shut. And God opened the mouth of the donkey there for him to speak. That is how the serpent spoke. And then God obviously also silenced it, and we can get into those things. And that is why certain animals still have voice boxes. If you look at the physiology or you look at the biology, biology and you look at just practical things, because they once could have spoken. So when God opened the mouth of the donkey, he takes him back to the original intent. Are you guys with me? But God had to shut the mouth because he said only man should have language in this regard. Because language is the closest thing that makes you a God and puts you to the image of God. So he created and he gave language to a man, not to animals. So we see how Satan has now entered the garden. So say with me thoughts. Let's 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 uh, go there. Um, go with me to. Go with me to. Uh, go with me to. In fact, let's let's first. Let's just first of all. Let's go to Ezekiel twenty eight verse twelve. <laughs> Ezekiel twenty eight verse twelve. Let me just see. Yeah. Yeah, verse 12. That's fine. Listen to the Son of Man take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection. Certainly the seal of perfection, meaning he was created perfectly, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. This is Lucifer. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. We see that he was a priest. We went into that this morning. The sardius, the topaz, and diamond. The betel, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes, meaning it was made out of musical instruments. When you would speak... If he was made out of musical instrument, there are other angels that are made out of musical instruments. God created angels to worship him, never created man to worship him. Are you guys with me? That is why when you would hear angels speak, it will be in a musical way. Anyway. Was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. So Eden is the mountain of God, which is Mount Zion. You walked back and forth. I mean, the garden of God is in the mountain of, of Zion. is Mount Zion. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created, meaning you were created perfectly. This is how we know he's not speaking about the king of Tyre. So even though the prophet is saying, O King of Tyre, he shifts his language and he begins to speak about Lucifer. No man is created perfectly. So he says that you you were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. Until iniquity was found in you, by the abundance of your trading, the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Therefore I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God and I destroyed you, O covering cherub. From the midst of the fiery stones, so are the fiery stones. So in the effort, so in, uh, uh, in the effort, uh, Effort of the priest we had the stones but in the behind the effort, there was a Urim and Theorem two stones that they would when the Bible says they casted lots they would use those stones to cast the one would light up and the other one would not and then they would also reflect onto the effort, and there would either be a language of yes or no or God would begin to speak but God would only speak through the stones And those two two stones, which is the Urim, the theorem is suspected to be taken from the garden of Eden, from the tree of life. From the fiery stones that he walked, and leave the scripture on, from the fiery stones. uh, Where are we now? In the midst of the fiery stones, next verse. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. Does the Bible say that you are kings and priests? He said, I lay you before kings. Know your place and your identity. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries, you mean you were priest by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. What did Satan trade? Let's go on, next verse. Therefore I brought fire from your midst and it devoured you. He says, I took a fire that was in you and I caused the fire that was in you to devour you and I turned you to ashes upon the earth. But it says you were defiled by your trading. Are you guys with me? So there was business and trading that Lucifer did in the garden that caused him to fall. Because in his trade, he became defiled. Are you guys with me? That's why I always say people have to be very careful when it comes to business. Because it can put a lot of pride in a person. It was by trading that Lucifer fell, but Lucifer also tried to trade with the souls of men. That is why Jesus had to be sent to trade with the souls of men and to pay a final price of redemption so that He can bring many sons unto glory, but that the sins of the world will be dealt with and will be forgiven, which means He became a propitiation for the sins of the world, for every single person. Meaning if you walk out on the streets, if you look at a person, their sins are forgiven. It's just not activated until they believe. So they'll be judged by their sins unless they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is why it is there for you to preach the gospel, which is the good news. To say, do you know that your sins are forgiven? That if you put your faith in Him, if you believe unto Him, there will be no judgment for you. Doesn't matter what you do, your sins are forgiven, which means it is too good to be true news. Are you guys with me? Mm. But Satan through the trading, have you seen Satan through trading, began to defile the sanctuaries and defile himself. And he was cut down, meaning he was a tree, cast down. Tree is symbolic of every living thing, of every being, even yourselves. That's why the Bible says that we are trees of righteousness. But now we get in now. So we're starting to see how did he enter the garden and how did he take hold of the garden and enter into Adam's mind? First of all, he came into the garden to look for precious stone and to look for trading. That is why a sword was put around the tree of life to protect it because otherwise he would have traded with the tree of life because the Bible says there were stones and there was fruits by the tree of life. Are you guys with me? That if we eat of the fruit of the tree of life, you will have eternal life and live forever. Let me let me let me go somewhere. Are you guys with me? I think it is in. Um, I think it is in. Go with me to. Genesis, uh, I think it is Genesis maybe 3. Let's see. Um, Genesis 3, verse 22. Then the Lord said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put out his hand. And take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Now Jesus comes. And He says, if you eat of my body. Eat of my flesh. Drink of my blood. You will be partakers of me. If you drink of the water that I have for you there'll be springs of living water coming out of you. And you will have eternal life, meaning you will live forever. Meaning it is God's eternal plan for man to have always lived forever. Adam and Eve was allowed to eat of the fruits of the tree of life. They chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and God had to shut the tree of life for a time. But He knew that He was gonna send the tree of life, which is Jesus Christ, to bring an eternal redemption or called the plan of the ages to mankind so that we can again eat of the tree of life and get eternal life to live forever. Meaning that you have eaten, if you have eaten of the fruit, if you have drank from the river that is in Christ, from the rivers and the waters of life, that is the gospel, you will live forever. Mm, whether it is you're living and you're dying in this flesh, there'll be life forever. It's called the immortality of the believer even though I believe there are some that might not taste it, taste death. Are you guys with me? Enoch was taken as an example and a type and shadow to show God's ultimate plan. There are people that are living in longevity and we'll call it for safety longevity. I don't believe in the doctrine of immortality where we say that, uh, or where it was preached to say that everyone will live and not die. In the physical body. This physical body has to go back to where it was made from. Dust has to return to dust. But there is a place of translation when it comes to a generation that will be like Enoch. That will be taken. I'm not speaking of the rapture. In fact, there are people that are alive right now. And this is just by word of mouth and by people that have written testimonies. There's about 50 of them that is alive right now. And, uh, and you can study it. It is there. That is living way beyond hundreds. When I say way, the furthest one is 300. It is documented. It is a witness. It's eyewitnesses that have seen it. So it is not um, anything. Now, whether they are... Uh, whether they are uh, uh, watchers or whether they are humans. We're not exactly sure, but let's just say they are humans. But they have tapped into the tree of life. Even though we understand that eternal life, you will live forever, means that if we put this body to death, there's the immortality of the believer. And the immortality of the believer messes up the doctrine of hell, which we're not going to give you. We'll teach it in Bible school. Because there's the mortality of the unbeliever and the immortality of the believer. Are you guys with me? I'm not going to confuse you, so I'm not going to go deeper. But that is theology. So there are four views on hell. There are four views on heaven. There are four views on grace there are four views on uh, on salvation there are four views on uh, there are four views because you have hell let me explain to you that's fine you have the traditional view of hell which means that you'll burn forever that's the traditional held view which is the most accurate view according to scripture then there's a second view which means um, Perdition, I think, which means you will go there and you will only burn uh, a little bit for your sins or so. And then you'll come out and we know that is not scriptural. Are you guys with me? I think it's a Roman Catholic belief or so. Then you have another view, which is universalism, which is no hell. So they believe that hell was only Gehenna in The New Testament was only a place that Jesus was speaking about that was burning 24 hours. And that said that there's no hell and universalism, meaning all will be saved. And we know that is also false. Are you guys with me? But then there's a fourth view that is becoming very predominant. And it's not too far off from Scripture. It is just to put a thought in your mind. And they call it the mercy and grace of God. It is called the mortality of the believer and the immortality of the unbeliever. It's called the nihilism. So it means that when Jesus says that you shall not perish, but love eternal life. The word perish means your consciousness to disappear. Is it okay if I just explain to you? I'm not saying this is gospel truth. I'm just giving you the four views. Are you guys with me? Same thing that we'll do with eschatology and Bible college will present you the different views. Of eschatology, there's only one view of eschatology. One or two views that is heretical. All the other views are totally fine. It, a, a person can believe in any of those other views. It is just one or two that is heretical. Um, so, 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 a nihilism says that, and they are connected to a scripture where it says that your thoughts, the when man dies, his thoughts will disappear. That's what it says whose thoughts will be destroyed and will vanish. There's a scripture like that. It will vanish. And I'm not teaching on this tonight. I'm just giving you, I'm just throwing it out to you. But their thoughts will vanish. And it's saying it is a sign of God's mercy, meaning they'll be put into hell, but then they will be put into the lake of fire. And the moment they go into the lake of fire, the lake of fire burns everything, even the consciousness, so that the person disappears. So it is the mortality of the unbeliever, meaning there will be hell, and then they will disappear. They'll just cease to exist where the believer will have immortality and live forever. That's just one view. I'm not saying I'm holding on to that view. So don't call me a heretic. I'm presenting to you four views. I still hold on to the traditional view which is that hell that is this a place where because it is the most common view it's the most traditional view and we see the scriptures although a nihilism is very close and there's a lot of theologians even people that you look up to that hold to that view but it's a sign of God's grace and mercy for me either or I believe in the immortality of the believer that we should still spread the gospel because it means that you will have immort- immortality you will have you will have uh, you'll have life because um so so those are the different views of hell. That is why we have to preach the good news. So obviously some of them are heretical, two of them are heretical, two of them has a scriptural basis, but one is traditional. But just to give you a little bit of thinking when it comes to when it comes to the doctrine and the theology of hell. So how does Satan enter the garden? Where were we? We were reading, let's go to the verse where we're reading or where we finished. Let's go to um, uh, Genesis 3 verse 22. So God says, let man became like one of us to know good and evil. Let us protect the tree of life lest he put his hands to the tree of life and eat and live forever. So God didn't say man cannot live forever. He just stopped it for a season because he had to stop it Because if he didn't put a flame of a sword around the tree, Satan would be able to get to the tree through man. Because he already invaded the thoughts of man. So he occupied man. Now he can take man and send him to the tree of life. So what did Adam do? Adam allowed Satan or Eve allowed Satan to enter her mind. Are you guys with me? In the, Adam of, in the garden of Eden, it was spoken, words were spoken by thoughts. So when words were spoken by thoughts, the devil began to speak to Eve with her thoughts. Did God really say this? Did God really say that? We see how he comes to Jesus. The way that Adam and Eve was tempted, Jesus had to be tempted because he was the last Adam. So the devil came to him and said, Did God really say? If you are the son of God, take yourself up to the pinnacle and cast yourself down. If you are the son of God. So what does Satan do? He comes into your thought realm. And He brings a suggestion that is contrary to His Word and what God has spoken. And the moment you believe the satanic suggestion, He has a hedge and a gap in your hedge to enter in. Are you guys with me? So go put on the screen for me Ecclesiastics 10 verse 8. Ecclesiastics 10 verse 8. We're not going to be long. I just want to get the Word through to you. Ecclesiastics 10 verse 8. He who digs a pit will fall into it. And whoever breaks through a wall put in the King James King James he that diggeth a pit shall fall into it and who breaketh a hedge a serpent shall bite him so how did the serpent get into the garden a hedge had to be broken are you guys with me The hedge was broken because the thought life of Eve was penetrated. How do we see this? In order to see this, we have to go to Job. Go with me to Job 1 verse 10. Job 1 verse 10. Has thou... No, no, no. It's fine. Okay. Have you made a hedge around him? Have you made, so listen, listen, Satan is saying to God, let's read from verse 1. Let's read from verse 1. There was a man in the land of Uz, whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright, and who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household. So that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. Are you guys with me? Why do Christians want to be poor? If you have a desire to be rich, it is a godly desire in you. If you have a desire to have power, it is a godly desire in you that God has put in there. Satan comes and tells you, "You cannot. it's evil to think you want to be rich. Do you know why people don't have money? Because they think it's evil to be rich. Am I getting through to some people? I'm trying to break through to your minds. I don't care if you earn 100 rand an hour or 5,000 rand an hour. What I do know, it is not God's will for somebody to be on minimum wage. If Job was the greatest of all in the East, meaning he was the richest of all, what is wrong with us? Are you guys with me? You should have an innate desire in you. You know, we have a thing with business people every Monday, Tuesday, Monday. Second Monday. Second, every second Monday with business people, I want to encourage you to join. It's a private Zoom. Every second Monday. The only one I couldn't make was last week uh, because we are, were in a place with no signal. But otherwise, I'll take every single one except in the, um, except in, uh, during the conference. And uh, those who are online, you say want to join it. You cannot, unfortunately, not join it unless your business is dedicated to the vision of Encounter. And you support the vision of encounter, then you can join it, and uh, that is the only reason. Otherwise, we're not we're not there to 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 help. Uh, we no no no. We're not there to cast our pearls before the swine of somebody that has not invested into the vision. Are you guys with me? I fully believe that God has called every Christian to be rich. It's not a false doctrine. It's not prosperity preaching. Prosperity preaching means that. You are, you are spiritual to the degree of, or you have God's acceptance to the degree of your prosperity. That's not what we're preaching. We are preaching and saying that God has made you kings and priests. He has made Adam rich in the garden because he had every precious stone. He has made Job the greatest of all. Are you guys with me? And Job's, Job's hedge, Job's hedge was this. Go for Ecclesiastes 7 verse 12. Your hedge is one part this. For wisdom is a defense as money is a defense. Are you guys with me? I hear these preachers preaching today and they're preaching against us and preaching against all these false prophets. To them, anything is false that they don't approve of. Okay, so um, don't be one of those. they just into prosperity preaching and this and that. No, no, no. We're here to tell people that God has blessed them. That God wants you to have a prosperous life. If you can't get a smile on your face with the presence of God, I tell you now, If you get a large check into your account, you'll get a smile on your face at least. So we're going to try to get a smile on your face in some how. But it is not good to have a smile on your face only with the presence of God and not in riches, Because where His glory is, there is gold. If God has truly put His presence upon you, you will be blessed and you will be favoured. Are you guys with me? And it is not God that makes you rich. It is God that blesses you and gives you the power to make you rich. But He's not the one that makes you rich. You are the one that makes you rich. But you can only operate in your ability in the garden. Okay. Are you guys with me? Let me, let me explain this. When Adam and Eve was put out of the garden, They went from tending the garden to toiling. They went from rich to minimum wage. Because they were taken out of their environment. If you take a fish out of water, it will die. But if you put it in the water, it can be a shark, it can kill you, it can be the greatest predator. If you take a lion right now and you put it in the middle of New York City, Times Square, do you know that the lion will not kill anyone? Well, you know, I said this in groups. also people are silent. I don't know why. If you take a lion and you put it in Times Square, New York right now, it will not kill people. Because it is taken out of its environment. That empowers it. And it will be afraid and run away. The moment you are taken out of your environment, you lose your ability. Your ability is still in you, but it is not activated. It is not effective and you cannot operate. So anybody taken out of their environment will look like an idiot or will look foolish. But put somebody in the correct environment and they'll operate. Your gift requires the glory and the presence of God. Because Eden was its original environment. The original environment for your spirit was a place where you could rule and reign. That is why your original environment is to be in a place where you can be rich. You will only thrive in your spirit when you realize I have this property, I have this land, I have this money in my account. You will all of a sudden see a smile on your face. You will speak like a king. That's why I don't care how little you have you do your best to own something because God has called you to be a land lord in other words a land god a god of your land a lord of your land he is the king of kings and the lord of lords are you guys with me so Satan you know I was speaking to somebody in Kruger's Open they said do you know how the banks make it impossible for young people to own property now you can go get a car of 3 million, but you can't go get a property of 3 million. You can walk into any dealership and get any car that you want. But you cannot get property because the devil knows the moment you have, you have a car, you are a loser. You're, more, you're poorer than what you were when you went in there. But the moment you get property, you begin to own land. And every covenant that God has given and every promise that God has given to man had property and land connected to it. Almost every covenant inheritance was land. Are you guys with me? Abraham, choose the land that you want. Uh, 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 Lot chose the best part. Abraham said, it's fine. I will take the part that is not the best, but God will make it the best. So get out of the mindset that God wants you to be poor because it's only damaging your children and your children's children. And you'll cause your children and your children's children to curse you one day. Are you guys with me? That is why the Bible says it is a blessed man who leaves an inheritance for his children's children with wisdom. But, uh, 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 Satan wants to keep a person poor. So we see how Job's defense was money. So with him money. So let's carry on. Let's go to the scripture where Job was. Job 1, I think we're Job 1 verse 3 or something. Go there. So his possessions were great. He was the greatest of all the people of the East. Next verse. And his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day. So all his sons had houses. And they had feasts in their houses. The man was wealthy. Are you guys with me? And would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. Go, it was when... What does it say? So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job went would send and sanctify them and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did this regularly. Do you know how you will serve God when you have money? I'm just reading the Bible to you. Don't be offended. Don't leave the church. Don't go to the news programs and say you are now a victim of Encounter Church, which some of you are doing and some of you have done. That we are kidnapping your children, brainwashing your children, doing this, and you're going to go to news programs. Please don't be one of those. Why is it so silent in the place or you're not used to persecution? I think we had about four shows contacting us now already. Four TV shows. All white people. The one is even saying, you are the main guest. I'm like, I'm not even going to answer you. Why? Satan doesn't attack his own. South Africa hates prophets. That's why she killed all the prophets. South Africa hates prophets. So I can choose to become a pastor and leave the prophet, but then I'm going to have to answer to God. So it has to be restored somewhere, somehow. But South Africa hates prophets. They really hate prophets. Because they don't understand how prophets operate. But you have to operate, you have to be in your environment to be wealthy, to rule, and to reign. Your environment is the glory. Your environment is Eden. Your environment is where the land is, where the best gold is. Can I just talk to you like this? We're just opening up Revelation. We'll finish just now. Don't worry, next week is conference. We're laying hands, we're prophesying, we're preaching. But I just want to open up the Garden of Eden to you. Because people don't know Eden. They don't know that they are a walking Eden. Tap into this and receive the favor of the Lord upon you. That when you walk, that you know that the anointing, but where does it start? You know, people want business and they want jobs and they want all these things. And it's all self-focused, but where does it start? It starts with a purpose. Meaning souls. How many souls am I winning? Then it gets to business. Then God begins to bless your business. Then He begins to bless your finances. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. When the disciples followed Jesus, He says, go and catch a fish. Go and get souls. Because in the mouth of souls is a coin to pay your tax. So when you fulfill the mandate and the purpose to win souls to disciples, I will make and I will meet your needs. I will bless you. I will prosper you. But we try to put our needs, he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things, say with me, all these things shall be added unto you. Meaning all these cars, all these houses, everything you need will be given unto you. But what do you do? Focus upon the kingdom. What is the kingdom? Focus upon the purpose making disciples of all nations. What is nations? If I look at my street, who can I win in my street? If I look at my neighborhood, who can I win in my neighborhood? If I look at my business, who can I win in my business? Are you guys with me? Who can I lead to the Lord? Who can I disciple? How do I disciple? I simply say, follow me. People think, Have you seen? people think we have to go through all these classes and all these things. Jesus made it so simple. He said, follow me. That's it. Discipleship is followership. That's all. Are you guys with me? Discipleship is followership. If you're going to have somebody to follow you, you can bring them to where you are at. And you will feel and you'll be shocked by the anointing that will come on you. Because now you've taken an empty vessel. I'm not saying look for somebody in the church to disciple them. I'm saying go and win a soul. Maybe you only get it right with one. And then you bring that one to church. And you disciple that one. And when God sees that you're faithful with one, He gives you another one. Or He gives you the ability to do it with two. And then He increases your capacity. And He increases your grace. So how does a person grow in grace? Paul said these words. He says, we speak to those who is in our measure, in our sphere. But we hope that we can extend our sphere by extending through you to reach other groups as well. That when we can reach them, our grace is increased. So God increases your grace, not by somebody throwing a mantle on you. But by you increasing in those who follow you. And you make them like you. Are you guys with me? A disciple is a student of a teacher. Somebody that just follows and teaches and do. But people are worried. My finances are not blessed. My business is not blessed. They come to church with a mindset that everything is falling apart. They're not coming to a church with a mindset, what can I learn to give out on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay, I got my e-group coming up on Wednesday. I got four or eight people in my e-group. How can I get them to be on fire? How can I uh, get them to, uh, how can I get more people in my e-group? Who can I minister to? How can I get to church to be equipped so that I can go out and bring more to church? Because otherwise, what am I in? I am a glorified in here church. Are you guys with me? And by the way, TV shows only come off to people who make a difference. When I had somebody who knew somebody who gave them some other names, guess what they said? There's nothing about them. Are you guys with me? So, when the church is persecuted she grows and grows meaning that persecution will never destroy a church otherwise it was not of God persecution makes a church grow and with all the things that is coming to us it is like not even bringing one ounce of fear in me because we learned with the first one it was a feeble attempt at, you know what was happening so but the question is how many have I gotten saved how has the devil entered my life so with thoughts life so with thoughts so he comes in by thoughts let's, 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 let's carry on I'll close off now don't worry I'll close off now so Proverbs 23 verse 7 And it's not even a message tonight, I'm just giving you, dropping some things for you. Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as he thinks in his heart, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So the devil accesses through thoughts. He came in by Eve through thoughts, he came in by Job. The fact about, I'm not going to carry on. Let's, Let's carry on reading. Let's go to Job 1, where we were. Job 1 verse 5, I think, that I can just at least close off with this. They were feasting, next verse. So it says that Job did offerings, next verse. Now there were a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come from? So Satan answered, Lord, and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? He says, I knew you went to his house because you walked back and forth on the earth. And Job was the greatest of all. So have you considered him, my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth? A blameless and upright man. One who fears God and shuns evil. And it just happened that it was a rich man who was the greatest of all. And why do I throw this out? Because it is the mood of the Spirit to try to say that prosperity is not evil. Money is not evil. Are you guys with me? Money used in a selfish way is evil, but money used for the purpose of the kingdom of God. It is not evil. And Job was the greatest, and it was his defense. Why? If a recession hits a poor man, as I said it earlier, they cannot do anything. But if a recession hits somebody that has finances, the finances becomes a defense. Let me give you an example. You have a poor man and a rich man standing by the street, and it starts raining. And as it starts raining, the rich man has a driver come and pick him up in whatever car it might be, a Mercedes or whatever it might be, uh, Bentley, or Rolls Royce, whatever. But he gets in and he sits comfortably and the rain can no longer hit him because it is hitting a defense. The poor man that doesn't have anything, what is happening, the rain is hitting him. There's no covering, there's no defense. So, the Bible says there are a few things that is your covering and your defense. It says that your wife is your covering. It says that money is a defense. It says that sons is a covering. It says that garments is a covering. So, Satan wants to remove your clothing. So, he removed the garments and the clothing and the mantle of Adam. That's why Adam suddenly realized he was naked because he had a clothing, a mantle, a breastplate of righteousness on. He was not sin conscious. But the moment the law entered in, the moment Satan began to come in and question, sin entered into Adam. And he saw that he was naked and shame was coming upon him because he was no longer the righteousness of God. That is why he had to send his son that was the sinless lamb, to be slain for us so that He can once and for all make an entryway into the Holy of Holies. The Bible says once and for all. Meaning that He only once made it that when you are saved you cannot lose it. Are you guys with me? That a, m- a way was made into, entry into the, into, access into the Holy of Holies. Once and for all, a sacrifice was sacrificed. And Hebrews chapter number six verse four says, it's, it's impossible, uh, it cannot come down again, go through a sacrifice again. So it is impossible for you to lose your salvation because Christ cannot come down to earth again, become the lamb again and die for your sins again and become the perfect sacrifice again. So He made a way once and for all. So the moment you say yes to eternal life and you believe on your heart and you put faith in the blood with no requirement, but the moment you believe it, you will live forever. You will have eternal life, not temporal life, which means it is a done deal. It is sealed unto redemption. It is sealed unto eternity. Are you guys with me? You know, I got brought up, have you seen I got brought up in such a confused gospel. Our guys didn't, charismatics didn't know what they were preaching. They were saying, oh, you know, when you adopt it, you know, stronger than a son, you can never unadopt. And then the next week they preached and said, you can lose your salvation. They were confused. So, money is a defense. Your wife is a defense. Sons is a defense. Noah's sons covered him. And they changed. What did they do? The covering was a garment. Many Christians have lost their garments in the spirit. Are you guys with me? That is why the devil can put thoughts into their heads. Of shame and embarrassment because they've let go of their garments. It's time to get clothed in righteousness. How do I do it? Getting into the glory of God, getting into the presence of God. As I spend time with Him, what happens? The Adir of God comes on me. The covering, which is how many of you have worshipped or you spent time in prayer? You should have. And maybe it's two hours to all of a sudden, it just feels like there's a vibration on you. It is the adir, the mantle. The covering. It is the power of God that rests on you. It is the Holy Spirit that comes on you with power. It is the Holy Spirit on you. Are you guys with me? Not the Holy Spirit in you. It is the anointing upon. It is the covering and the mantle coming from heaven down. It is in a place of ascension. It is to clothe you so that you can ascend. You cannot ascend. Outside of having the correct garment. So the anointing comes down. It rests upon you. It is the idea. It is the mantle. Not God. It is the mantle that comes. It rests upon you. It clothes you. So that now you are not subconscious your righteousness conscience. That should anyway be there 24 hours, not just when you're in the presence of God, but it helps getting in the presence of God because the blood washes our conscience of dead works. So now you no longer think about your sins. All you think about is the presence, which means now your eyes are focused upon the author and the finisher of our faith. That looking upon Jesus, the author and the finisher, but now as you're like that, you're clothed in a clothing. So now you can go into a high place you can ascend, which means you're walking at a different height. And that is how you access ascension. That is how you access the counsel of God. This is how you access or you trample upon serpents and scorpions and upon all the power of the enemy. This is where the oil pours out, rock uh, uh, the rock pours out oil for you. In the heights and the depths of the realms of the earth, of the spirits. It is in the high place where He pours out oil for you, so you require to ascend, but He's waiting for a change of garments. Are you guys with me? Jacob, I just says, Jacob, there was a situation with Bethel, and he said to his family and so on, he says, let's go there, but we cannot go there. We have to change our garments because it's holy ground. So he says, before we can even step on that holy ground, change garments. Moses, this is holy ground. Take off your sandals and step onto holy ground. But you have to change, take off your sandals. You have to change a garment. Elijah, taking the idea, the mantle, covered his face and his head. He took a garment and covered him. Even God is clothed in garments of praise. Are you guys with me? He's clothed in garments of vengeance, the Bible says. Which means that even God has garments. The Bible says in Isaiah 6 verse 1, one of His garments is His glory. That in the temple, the train of His robe shall fill the temple. Meaning his garment shall fill the temple, and as his garment shall fill the temple, you will know he is there. So, how do we know God is there by looking at his garments? Who did the lady with the issue of blood touch? She didn't touch Jesus, she touched his garments. What did Potiphar's wife grabbed when she grabbed Joseph? She grabbed his garments. What did the sons, what did the brothers of Joseph do when they threw him in the pit? They took his garment and his coat of dreams. Because they know if they remove his garment, they remove his authority. The devil knows if he can come and whisper into your head, he breaks the hedge. When the hedge is broken, the serpent bites. When the serpent bites, it's because the garment has been laid down. So how do you get into the presence of God? You shift garments. How do you put on, deal with the spirit of depression and heaviness? You put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So how do I deal with depression? I put on praise upon me. Even if I don't feel like it, I begin to clap my hands and I praise Him. I put on a garment. Then the Bible says put on the Lord Jesus Christ as a garment. Everything in the spiritual realm is garments. Everything accessed in the spiritual realm is garments. Even when Adam and Eve sent, you can have it sense, even when Adam and Eve sent, God had to make them a garment, to cover them. God had to make them a garment. Are you guys with me? So how do I shift? How do I what is a hedge? A hedge is a garment. A hedge is a garment that is over you. It is your mantle. The only way I can have my garment and my mantle is by doing what the purpose of God is. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Is my garment. The spirit of the Lord has covered me. The spirit of the Lord is my hedge. And He has anointed me because I preach the gospel. I cast out devils. He has anointed me to do this. What has He anointed you to do? Jesus gave one commandment, go and make disciples. Are you guys with me? Go and make disciples, whatever it is in your workplace, in your business. I'm not even saying it must be an e-group. Just who are following your words and becoming more like Christ because of you. Who can you minister the words of life and give the waters of life to? Who can you minister and give the fountains, the river of life to so that the river can increase? Because the further you go out of the temple, meaning the more people you reach, the deeper you get into the river. The more gifts will be given to you. Gifts are not given only for believers. It is to build the church. It is to establish the church. It is when unbelievers come into the church that gifts can be ministered unto them. Gifts are weapons in the Spirit. So if you have a gift of healing, it is a weapon in the Spirit. It is used to lead somebody to the Lord. When you have the gift of prophecy, it is a weapon in the Spirit. It is to strengthen the church also. Are you guys with me? So gifts are given, but if I don't use it, I lose it. If I don't use the anointing, I lose the anointing. So when we pray, those who feel they need a fresh touch and you have the whole church coming out, guess what? Because they lost the anointing. The anointing upon, not the anointing within. The anointing within will abide with you forever. Are you guys with me? But unfortunately, the anointing within is not the anointing we feel. The anointing upon is the anointing we feel. So you need to feel great, feel good. Joyce Meyer wrote a book, what was the name? Feel great, look, look great, feel good, something like that. And that's all good. But there's one thing that'll make me look fear or look great or feel good. It is the anointing that is on me. Not do this one thing and do this confessions and no no no. It is the anointing, the spirit of the Lord. Please, I'm not speaking about you against Joyce Meyer. I'm just using our book title. Are you guys with me? The anointing that rests upon me. Why? To do His purpose. The anointing will make you see. The anointing will make you see your future. The anointing will give you life. The anointing will cause you to pray for people and rivers of water will come out of you. But it depends on you doing what you're called to do. What is the calling? Say with me, nations. Say, discipling Nations. Not discipling a neighborhood only, but discipling nations. Meaning if Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, that was not just given to some, it was given to everybody to go and fulfill it. Are you guys with me? The only way Jesus is coming back is not coming back after a great revival. That is the wrong gospel that has been preached. He's coming back when the church is a full mature man. Perfect. Perfect every part working together without spot, without blemish, a perfect man grown up. So when the church occupies and takes over and multiplies and grows, Jesus is coming back for that church. He's not coming back for the once of revival or the kingdom of God being preached throughout the No, 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 no. That has already been done in AD 70. He's speaking about the, 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 the church becoming a full mature man, taking over and occupying the world. How do I do it? I invade my business. I invade my workplace. With the idea, the mantle, the spirit of God upon me. My garment upon me. Meaning what is your garment? So why do you come to church? We come to church to get get our garments shifted so that when we can go out, there's no gap in the hedge. There's no thought or suggestion coming into our heads where the enemy can come in because how did he take Job's life? Job said, The thing that I feared came upon me. So the enemy put thoughts of fear into his head and he grabbed that fear and it became part of his heart. And what he feared Came upon him. What you think you will become as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You are a product today and a sum total of your thoughts of yesterday. Stand your feet. Stand your feet wherever you are. Are you guys with me? So there's so much to preach on Eden. But we've done two weeks of it. Silithi so rivers of living water. I'm not going to go much later. It's already almost 8 o'clock. Just raise your hands to the Lord. I just want to see what He does. <laughs> Begin to pray. Begin to, not out of your mind, out of your spirits, out of your belly. Brashka vreka noska na marodosca day, Laru o secaia, Brasca re de la bena mascotela baya, Kelo seca na maia, Kelascote na maia, Brasca de la baya, Peraconosca de la talabaya, Lerasco de la bena macarodosca telabatina maia, Tena rosca re de la breca nosca taya, Cava pre, pre, akasodai. Let the atmosphere of heaven saturate this place. Let the river flow out of your belly. Let a river flow out of your heart. Let rivers of living water flow out of your temple. Let rivers of life be completely drunk in the river. Be immersed in the river. Be saturated with the river. Don't stand ankle deep. Don't stand knee deep. Don't stand waist deep. Be completely immersed a river that is vast. A river that is huge. That is too big to cross. La bros carre de lede. Les catecalabaya. Les Le de le vena mambrosque de le baya. Le de le vena mambrosque de le vena de so what did I do tonight? I rebuked the lack of hunger, so that you can have hunger. We're dealing with familiarity so that rivers can flow out of your belly. So let it flow. Don't wait for the band or musical instruments. Let it flow out of your belly. Let it flow out of your belly. Get into the spirits, not into the natural. Once you are in the spirit, you begin to see things. You begin to see the impossible. You begin to see the invisible. The bread of the man, here at any hunger in this place. I hear your spirits being flat. I don't hear your spirits being full. Don't beg God. Express God. Don't beg Him. Don't beg God. Express God. Don't try to get filled release it is not about being filled with the holy ghost it is about releasing the holy ghost it is about releasing rivers out of your belly Le karuska re de brekanam bruske de le baya, re de le benamasto benamaya, brasko de benamaya, Peraduske de le benambrioske de benamaya, Zedana na zede de de, ziri de Breaka da la braso te que de baia, asco te na mambruske de baia. Hérena, oh, brakano oske de lebera ba bruske de lebera maia, reska le mando kad rekasko na maia. Amo le river La Rusca de la Venomaya sirie sí, yeah. oh, oh, Seca sí, no seca sí, brusca na mambresca de la breka Breca do lo do seca sí, de la Venomambresca de la Vaya Yeranas de levena Venomaya Yeranas de la Vara de levena Bracarados, get a Levena Mambrios, get a Leven, Rekadolotus, get Benamambrioske Levena, Brisca de Levena Mambrios, get a Levena, Kelarados, get a Levena Mambrios, get a Levena, Rekados, get a leday, Mambros, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. Bresca de Leveda Mambrioska de Leveda Maya, Rekadosca de Leveda Maya, Breda Maya, Sedanaya, Lebrasca de Leveda Mambroska de Leveda Maya, Lebrusca de Leveda Mambroska de There we go. Only now are you beginning to pray and stir up. Barusca de Levecana Mambroska de Maya. I need to feel the waters being stirred. I need to fear and see the angels stirring the waters. I need to see the waters being stirred. I need to see the pool of Siloam being stirred.